This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And greetings and salutations, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. You got my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. Number one, I got to say hello to two women in my life. They're very important. Number one, my sister, Tamara Latisa Coleman, celebrating her birthday today. So happy birthday, Tisa, from your big bro, Freddie Coleman. Number two, our mother, Maddie Francis Coleman, Harry Douglas, is a big fan of the show. I think she's a bigger fan of Harry Douglas, and I know she can't wait to hear about your weekend stylings, but she said from now on, we got to say hats off to Harry anytime Harry does something great, which is usually each and every second of this fine program. Well, that's what I'm talking about, Mama. And I'm going to try my best to make sure that you're happy. And, Freddie, shout out to your sister for it being her birthday. Amen. And I, I will say this. I'm big on family. Me so too. to see how close you are with your family, man, that means everything to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because there, there's nothing like family that, that does things the right way and supports you through thick and thin, no matter what. It's something that I promote, man, uh, throughout my life and to other people and encourage them. Now, let me say this, too. Uh-huh. All family, not good family. But when, you have, but when you have good family and yeah. great family members, yes. you, you got to appreciate them and, and tell them how much you love them. So yeah. shout out to yours. Yeah, and by the way, your Louisville family was quite good to you. Thank you very oh. much because I get a couple of clips. We all did between Devin Kane and Shannon Penn, our producers. We're all watching and paying attention to Louisville versus Notre Dame. And we knew that Harry Douglas was going to be on the field. I didn't realize you're going to be that close to the action because I get this text message where they score the first touchdown and I thought for sure Shannon Penn and Devin Kane that Harry Douglas was wearing the uniform, getting in the end zone, being with his Louisville family when they put it on Notre Dame on Saturday. So I got to say this. It was two occasions uh-huh. where someone had to grab me because <laughs> I was so excited I had took my ass on the football field, Freddie. No joke, no lie. The dude was like, Harry, you have to get off the field. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm excited. I was over there pumping the crowd up. Yes, because you were. I, Louisville is a home away from home for me. And everyone there, I'm a, a woman named Robin Mattingly. She, I love her to death, man. She took care of me. Jenny Sawyer, also uh, Miss Denise Murphy. Those three ladies right there mm-hmm. uh, are my mothers uh, away from home when I was at the University of Louisville. And everything, anything I need okay. that has to do with Louisville or up there at that university, make, they make sure I'm taken care of. And I love them dearly. So I had to give them a shout out. But, nice. ooh, you mean man. the Cardinals nest was rocking man. on Saturday night. It sounded so loud watching yeah. that game on TV, man. That was the only thing that could have drowned you out. Was oh, but, <laughs> but guess who else was in the building? Who? Man, we had Jack Harlow in the building. Saw, Jack Harlow and Donovan Mitchell. We had Donovan Mitchell. The whole Cavaliers uh, basketball team was Absolutely. there. Absolutely. My roommate in college, Michael Bush, he was in there. Brian Braun. Oh, oh, oh. My quarterback know, was the, the Michael OC. Bush, the running back slash yeah. quarterback? Yeah, I, know you, my, I didn't know you guys were boys like that. Yeah, that was my roommate. We came in the same year, what? 2003. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, man, so being able to see him and a lot of my former teammates and That's you know fantastic. a lot of guys that I played with also are on that coaching staff at Louisville. So I'm, I was proud of those guys, Jeff Brom, and then Brian, mm-hmm. who's the OC, uh, was my quarterback. He got his number up in the rafters, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it was just a thing of beauty to be able to see. Well, the pictures were fantastic. The video was great. It, it more than made up for Harry Douglas's Atlanta Braves not doing well in oh, game see, one no, versus no, Philly. No, Freddie, it, y'all would not do No, no, no we're going to stop it no, right wait, here. Hold, hold the you, Lord, wait a minute. Oh, I say, stop it. No, no, you were two for three. Jesus Christ stepped up again for the Atlanta okay, Falcons right. and Desmond Ritter. Yes, so you were right, two for did. three over the weekend. I mean, don't get testy with me and bring the Lord into the whole thing. So, so folks, I want, I want y'all to understand how big of a Braves fan I am. So much to, 
I just got tickets to the game tonight. Right. We're done at 5.30. The game starts at 6.07. I'm going to take right. my son because he loves baseball. Cool. And you know what? Braves by 50 tonight. 50. I'm in the building. Braves by 50. Braves by 50? Really? Yep. Not 50. Braves 50? by 50. Oh, like F-I-F-Y? F-50? 50. By the way, don't forget coverage of Game 2 involving the Braves and Phillies. Man, coverage of Game 2 starting at on ESPN Radio, 530 Eastern Time. That's why we have a short show today. But you can be a part of the short show that is Freddie and Harry, part of the nation, on the Dr. Pepper call on line, triple H say espn 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season, but the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. The main thing, the main thing. 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 The main thing with Freddie and Harry. And yeah, Dak Prescott. Tick, 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 tick. I hate to do this to you, Dak. I support you, brother. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but Dak Prescott... Your behind's on the clock. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. Harry, they play tight. And they got their tight behinds whooped by the San Francisco 49ers. You could see it on the face, at least I could, when it came to Dak Prescott, the quarterback, and the play caller, Mike McCartney, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, they played like they said, man, if we don't win this game, we're going to lose everything. And it was from the jump, just by looking in their faces. As a Cowboys fan, I said, man, they think they're ready, but they're not ready. He gets all the attention, Dak Prescott. He's going to get all the blame. He wasn't the only one failing. But when you fail again against the 49ers, and you look like that when you're the head coach and, and the quarterback, most of that blame should be on the two of you when it comes to what happened last night losing to the 49ers. Now, Freddie, there used to be this show called The Diary, and there was this saying, you think you know, but you have no idea. See, the Dallas Cowboys yesterday going into that football game, they thought they knew, but they didn't have any idea because the San Francisco 49ers, it's not like they did anything glaring differently from right. what they've been doing the entire year. Mm-hmm. They basically punched the Dallas Cowboys in the mouth Allowed them to get up, let them score one little touchdown. Kept punching them, punching them, punching them over and over again. And it's just like Martin Lawrence, right? Uh When you're watching Martin, the show. And, you know, they trying to stomp with the big dogs. (laughs) Well, guess what, Dallas Cowboys? You not one of the big dogs. You can't stomp with the San Francisco 49ers. You can't stomp around with the Philadelphia Eagles. And right now at this moment, Freddie Coleman, Uh I am putting the Detroit Lions above the Dallas Cowboys because what I've seen from them yesterday was something that I did not think was going to occur. Now, I thought San Francisco was going to win the game, but not in that manner. You know, the the first six drives, the Dallas Cowboys had four three-and-outs in which they only had three plays offensively and punted. They had one fumble, that that was one play, and then they had a touchdown. That's the only good throw that Dak Prescott had to Turpin mm-hmm. on that slot fade, right? right? So w- what I witnessed yesterday, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, I can't put them in a category of being the uh, one of the upper echelon teams in the National Football League right now. Yeah, and I know the NFL second by second, week by week, but to say that was ugly, UGLY had no alibi, was completely, completely an understatement. And since you brought a Martin – 
the Dallas Cowboys with Dragonfly Jones. Silence. <laughs> Silence. And the next thing you know, he's getting thrown into the bush by the guy in the gym and everything like that. Because you mentioned about getting punched in the face. Micah Parsons said, I cannot believe our Dallas Cowboys look like Dragonfly Jones. There was no silence. Silence from Micah Parsons. You got to learn how to take a punch. We got punched in the face tonight, and that's just the reality of it. I'm not shying from we got, We got beat up in all phases. I mean, and that's just the reality of it. So the psych, it, it can't really drop because I think I understand, like, like I said, no champion hasn't been battle tested. Sometimes you get knocked down. Sometimes you lose a couple rounds. Sometimes you lose a fight. But it's about how you return after. How do you face adversity? How do you get better? How do you not let this control you? Control you get. The, that's the thing. I get tomorrow. Well, here's the thing. Let, let me let me tell Michael Parsons this. Silence. Silence. This, this football team has your number, and mm-hmm. I understand. He said they got punched in the mouth. It's not the first time. They got punched in the mouth by this team the last three times that they have played. It was more and, like a slap the last couple of times. This was a beating. An open hand slap. Open yes. hand slap. Yeah, it was like a but, backhand. But for him, Michael Parsons is the superstar on that defense. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what, Michael Parsons? You had four tackles. Yeah. You had no sacks. You mm-hmm. had no tackles for loss. You didn't have any quarterback hits. You were a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. You were a part of that as well, Michael Parsons. Yeah, it, so they all were. What, what are they going to do about it moving forward? Because exactly. it, it, they can pounce on the teams that aren't that good, Freddie. Yeah. But when it comes to the physicality and playing with the big boys, they seem to take a seat back in those matchups yeah. and don't live up to their capabilities. Yeah, you're right. And here's why. And I'm speaking as a Dallas Cowboys fan. They're a bunch of front runners. Yep. That's all they've been. Ever since they had their run in the 90s, they're a bunch of front runners. You know why? Because their owner's a front runner. He wants to be ahead of everybody else. He wants the Cowboys to be ahead of everybody else. But what have they done to really get through the, the muck and mire and the grit and dirt when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys? They haven't. I'm not criticizing it. Not everybody can go through that. Go through the, that barbed wire. They can be Andy Dufresne and go through that muck and mind, get to the other side and leave Shawshank Redemption. Well, anytime it gets dirty with the Dallas Cowboys, you know what they do? They get muddy. That's why Michael Parsons said what he said. He's like, look, we're going to go through this, but what are we going to be made of? What are we going to do about it? He should not be saying that. Yep. Your head coach should be saying that. Your quarterback shouldn't be saying that. Dak Prescott told us the most humbling thing I've ever gone through. Michael Parsons, man, those fools stomped on our throats, kicked sand in our faces, and all we did was take it. You can't have Micah Parsons saying that if you're the Dallas Cowboys. But you know why he says it? Because he does not want his team to be front runners. Because right now, Harry, that's exactly what the Dallas Cowboys are. They're front runners. And you have one quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys who's making forty plus million dollars, and then you have the other one on the opposite opposite side, and Brock Purdy, who's making about nine hundred thousand dollars, still has to have a damn roommate because of how <laughs> the, the cost of living in San Francisco. His right. roommate was one of the offensive linemen, exactly. and he's out there outshining Dak Prescott yep. once again. Yep, no doubt. He, see the moment he's not scared of the moment. Purdy, Brock Purdy. Yes, he's he not, not scared of the moment. Dak Prescott right now, I don't know if he want the damn moment, Freddie. Well, he, by the Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. You can weigh in on this conversation, join that conversation, be a part of Freddie and Harry Nation at 888-729-3776. That's why I said the clock is going tick, 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 tick when it comes to Dak Prescott. You can also say the clock should be going tick, 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 tick when it comes to Dallas Cowboys and organization. Because if you're in the same position with your coach and your quarterback 
and you can't get past those tough teams. You can't beat the Eagles. You can't beat the 49, especially when that money is on the line. If you're Jerry Jones, you can't say to yourself, well, we're going to let another year of this go through. The problem with that is, Harry, they can't be in a rebuild situation. Because if you are, then guys like CeeDee Lamb are going to say, deuces, I'm out of here. Micah Parsons will say, deuces, I'm out of here. The guys you really need, those are the last guys you need to lose. If you believe your quarterback is not the guy, I think they would rather say, bring somebody else in than to try this, and we know it hasn't worked. They'll be looking for a way out of Dallas because they're not going to have Jerry Jones do to them what he did with Jason Garrett and other people, waiting out to see if that loyalty is going to be rescinded, not rescinded, if that loyalty is going to be reciprocated, and then all of a sudden you're still a championship-less team like the Cowboys have been since 1996. And i just seen something funny from Dan Campbell, right, <laughs> with, with the Detroit Lions. I've I seen a quote that he said something about, oh, no, we're we we not hiding. We're not trying to sneak up on you. We're coming through the front porch. We're on the front porch waiting on you or attacking you. Mm-hmm. That's the mindset the Dallas Cowboys got to have. And when you look at a team like Detroit yeah. who are physical through and through on both sides of the football uh-huh. and back up everything that they talk about uh, in 2023, what we've seen this team display, I, I don't see that with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't I don't see them backing up everything that they're speaking. And we we can't underestimate, though, the loss of Trayvon Diggs because I thought he played a factor in this ball game. Yeah. I know Deron Bland has been phenomenal this season, but when you have a team like the San Francisco 49ers who have a George Kittle who's elite, who has a Debo Samuel who's elite, who has a Brandon Ayuk who's elite. Now, it was one time that Brandon Ayuk hit Stephon Gilmore with the uh, four-step post. Yes, he did. And And – that was one of Brock Purdy's bad throws because, no. my goodness, if the throw was on target, he may have went and scored on that one too. You mentioned Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy played like Dak Prescott should have played like because Brock Purdy let it be known, no matter what you think about me. Yeah, he was doing a good job of just calling plays where I could just, you know, take a quick drop, get the ball out, get into a rhythm. And, um, you know, so obviously I, for me, I'm always like, yeah, I'm willing to throw every down. But, um, you know, just in terms of having to balance offense, run the ball, it's what we have to do. And so, yeah, I felt good early on. I actually felt like, you know, I missed a couple throws just with B.A., um, some opportunity balls um, early on that I wish I had back. But outside of that, got into a rhythm and we were able to roll. I never thought I would say this in 2023. But you had two quarterbacks yesterday that had no business out playing Dak Prescott, and they ran the same system. One was Brock Purdy in San Francisco. The other person was Zach Wilson with the New York Jets. Other than that pick he threw at the end of the game, he did exactly what the offense said. And finally, Nathaniel Hackett got out of his way. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Zach Williams. I'm talking about Nathaniel Hackett getting out of his own way saying, okay, that works with Aaron Rodgers. This doesn't work for this guy. What can we do to make that work for this guy? And look what happened the last couple of weeks with Zach Wilson. He's been a guy that's completely flipped it. San Francisco does that as well as anybody. What do you do best, Brock Purdy? Well, you know, he's a game manager. No, 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 no. That guy has not lost as a starting quarterback in the NFL, in the regular season. At a certain point, if Zach Wilson can continue to figure that out and the Jets can figure him out, maybe just maybe they can make the playoffs. But San Francisco, they're going to be a threat because they got a guy in Kyle Shannon who says, what do we do best? What do you do best? Then you better make sure as a coaching staff, we put that guy in the best position and we're going to be methodical, we're going to be brutal, we're going to be cruel, we're going to be efficient. But we're not going to let our quarterback take a back seat, especially we're going to put him in a position, what does he do best? If Mike McCarthy has not figured that out with Dak Prescott, then they're going to win 10 or 11 games, then they're going to get to the playoffs, you know what's going to happen? They're going to run a bunch of bloodthirsty pirates and they're going to kick their behind like San Francisco did last night. 
And I'll tell you this, I hate the simple fact that people coming into the season said that Brock Purdy was a game manager because some of the things that I witnessed last year is that I seen Kyle Shanahan allow Brock Purdy to, th- to do things that I didn't see him allow Trey, Trey Lance to do. I didn't see him uh, allow Jimmy Garoppolo to do. So I don't even understand why people thought Brock Purdy was a game manager. What Brock Purdy is doing right now is orchestrating that offense at a high level more so and better than those two guys did um, or, or I would say better than a lot of people that Kyle Shanahan has coached. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that's saying a lot. And that has Brock Purdy right now in the MVP conversation. And if you're a person, I don't know how you don't put him in that conversation. The man had one incomplete pass last week. And then he comes out against the Dallas Cowboys and goes 17 for 24, 252 yards and four touchdowns. And was orchestrating that offense and got sacked one time, got yeah. touched one time. Yeah. But the way he was maneuvering the pocket and, you know, Stepping up and moving to the right and finding George Kittle on a touchdown and feeling comfortable, third and 14, being able to have enough elevation on the football and touch to get it over the, the linebackers for a first down. It's, it's just, I love everything about his game, man, and he, 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 he's a fine young man, man. Henry in Florida wants to win in this conversation. I'm Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Hank, what you got, my friend? Yes, sir. Listen, the Cowboys are the change of beat. Everybody liked the hate on the Cowboys. Michael Parsons said that they got beat down, and they did. They mm-hmm. got beat down. But that's just one game. The Cowboys are their own worst enemy. We have one problem, and that's Dak Prescott. Don't know how to lead the team. But that's okay. We still got more games to go. Henry, your version of fine and my version of fine are definitely not in the same dictionary, my friend. And I'm a Cowboys fan as well. (laughs) I hear what you're saying about Dak Prescott, that he's a problem, but he had a lot of help being problems. But you can't say that the Cowboys are the team to beat when they got the blood and sweat and tears beat out of them yesterday by a team that's beaten the last two times in the playoffs when it comes to San Francisco. If that's fine with my franchise, Henry, no disrespect, you can have that fine. I don't want that kind of fine that comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Henry's gone, by the way, Harry. <laughs> no, I want. I want. I want to get to Greg in Texas because okay. Greg might be a little frustrated right now. Not Greg, talk to us. Not a little. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Can y'all hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, we can hear you, Greg. Hey, guys. Yeah, no, definitely frustrated. Uh, first of all, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I, I don't know. It's it's definitely uh, it's a hard pill to swallow, right? That we've been uh, us dedicated fans have been been doing for years right years after years and we can keep on we can sit here and make excuses and pinpoint and point fingers to players coaches schemes and whatnot right but i mean it's it's extremely exhausting right watching the stuff and i'm fine with losing games but last night was not a loss it was a straight down it was a beat down yeah and uh 49 49ers you know they, they stood their ground and they showed the cowboys that we're not on their level. Bottom line, no excuses. Uh, we're just simply not on their level yet. There's no doubt about that, what he had to say, because we've seen it time and time again. And I go back to the first time this ever happened, where I started to wonder a little about Dak Prescott. It had nothing to do with him. And I said, no matter what he does, he's never going to win unless he wins a Super Bowl. So any kind of outsized expectations that Jerry Jones puts in front of him, he's not helping his quarterback at all. But then if you're Dak Prescott... You're not helping yourself out by falling short and being very, very small in moments like this. And, Freddie, I, I tried to back Dak Prescott 
the last two times I've been out of the country when I was in the Bahamas mm-hmm. and when I was in Mexico when those mm-hmm. fans fans were jumping on him. I can't defend him when he goes out there no. and he's throwing interceptions on the go route when a receiver is inside releasing and doesn't throw it back to the imaginary red line, which is two and a half yards from the sidelines. I can't defend him when he's throwing a slant to the right side of the football field mm-hmm. and the linebacker jumps over top of his, the other defender and goes out there and the inside slant is wide open and it becomes an interception. Yeah. I can't I can't defend yeah. Dak when those things are happening. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. You can't defend him when you look at a guy and it looked like that. He was scared at the moment. And I hate yeah. to say it about Dak Prescott, and I'm a Dak Prescott fan. It looked like that moment last night was too big for him and his head coach. And they played and called a game like that. And you know what they got? Silence. Silence. They were Dragonfly <laughs> Jones like in the Martin episode. And it never ended well for Dragonfly Jones. You lose your hair, you lose your teeth, and you lose some money. That's what happened last night to the now Dallas Dragonfly Jones Cowboys at the expense of San Francisco 49ers. They thought they was going to be stomping with the big dogs. Yeah, nope, the, not at all. The big dogs stomped them. They can go stomp with little Roscoe. Even Roscoe would have been better than them last night. Yeah, you can honest point. with you. With his little snotty nose. <laughs> Every time, uh, don't Google that image. That's all I got to say. He's Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at HDouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN. Part of Freddie and Harry keep weighing in on Twitter about the Cowboys and where they go from here at HDouglas83 to Coleman ESPN. And don't forget the phone number as well. Triple H A ESPN 888-729-3776. Changing gears. A Saint who played against the Patriots yesterday will tell us what he saw from them and how good his Saints will be in the NFC. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. On this Reggae Monday known as Freddie and Harry, Freddie Coleman over here, Harry Douglas over there, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We'll get to Bill Belichick, and it could be the last dance for him. We'll do that in about 10 minutes here on Freddie and uh-oh. Harry. Yeah, Sometimes that uh-oh will get you before you can get that uh-oh, let's put it that way. But people still want to weigh in about what's going on the Dallas Cowboys. What's next with his team? I think they got the blood beaten out of them, 42-10 to 10 by the San Francisco 49ers. It led Dak Prescott to feel this sort of way. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, 
felt good about the preparation, felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. Shannon in Texas at 888-729-3776. Shannon, what do you got to say about what happened last night to the Cowboys at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers? Oh, hey, guys, thank you so much for taking my call. This is the uh, literally the first time I've ever called in to anything. And uh, just because of the dire situation we're in, I was in eighth grade when the catch happened. Oh. And I remember going out in my front yard and taking my driver and slamming it on the ground and breaking it. So I have had my share of humiliating losses at the hands of the 49ers. And, uh, but nothing like last night. It was just uh, – let me tell you what happened. Okay. They were shell-shocked. Yes, they were. From the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and you could see it in their eyes. You could see it in their body language. They, they couldn't make plays. The defense was nowhere. They, they didn't know where to go. And uh, here, here's what I'm worried about. Okay, that game's done and it's over with. But you know what happens to people who are shell-shocked? They have PTSD, bros. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, they play the Chargers next Monday night. And I'm sure Kellen Moore, if we had a revenge game for the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett mm. against the Broncos yesterday, that's going to be the ultimate revenge game when Kellen Moore, who was cast aside by the Cowboys as OC, wants to have a chance to get back at the team that got rid of him. And I knew the Cowboys were in trouble last night when the San Francisco 49ers on that first drive took it seven plays and scored a touchdown. But then you, the Cowboys' offense followed it up, and Dak Prescott missed a, a wide-open Luke Schoolmaker yeah. on a play down the field that would have been a, an explosive play. Right then and there, Freddie, those two, play, those two things that, that occurred, I say they might be a long one for Dallas tonight. Chris Collinsworth said it best because they had the whole breakdown about the new West Coast offense that they're employing now in Dallas. And he said – that's all well and good, but the one thing that Dak could do is push the ball down the field. I know you want to control the clock, run the football, protect the defense, but if you're taking away something that has made your quarterback what he is supposed to be or what he has been, and you got explosive playmakers that can push the ball down the field in CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, then at what price paradise are you doing this if you're Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? We'll see exactly how that's going to go forth with that football team. Dennis in Texas, my friend, what you got to say? Hey, hey guys, how are y'all doing? We're good, my today? man. Good. Hey, great show. And just want to say, Freddie, I'm so glad you got a primetime show, man. I've listened to you for years at nighttime. And Harry, you're awesome. You're great, man. I love the candor between y'all, too. So keep up the good work. Appreciate the kind words, my friend. Yeah. So, I, man, I just I can't take it anymore. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm loyal. I'm not even one of those Cowboys fans that's delusional. I mean, I can be sometimes, but I, I went nuts last night. My wife got me on film, shared it with my friends. I was just screaming, and I've had it with Dak. I've had it with the scared play calling. Your defense was stopping him, keeping you in the game at first, but yet n- not pushing the ball downfield. Uh, running plays with Pollard that were uncreative. I mean, at some point, you got to look around the NFL and see the play calling and see you know like the mcdaniels of the world and you see like the shanahan's and realize you have to change something and i'm just sick of jerry resting on his laurels getting our hopes every, up every year and taking a poop on him uh, it's just such an investment emotionally and i, I really can't take much more i'm not going to jump ship but we need to change whether it be putting somebody in as a, a quarterback or you know maybe i don't know fire mccarthy and promoting dan quinn seems like they you know respond to him a little bit better anyways you know, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm in a wits and I'll, I'll I'll leave it there and get off and let you guys discuss that, man. 
And I'll say, here's the thing when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys offense and Mike McCarthy being a play caller, right? We got to understand what Mike McCarthy has been accustomed to exactly. when it was in Green Bay, and that was Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm-hmm. So Aaron Rodgers is going to make up for a lot of deficiencies that you probably have no doubt. from an offensive standpoint. We're talking about a dynamic playmaker, a guy that's a walking Hall of Famer right now, maybe walking with a limp because of the Achilles, but he's still a walking Hall of Famer. And I, I just thought that – Aaron Rodgers was able to cover up a lot of things. Now Mike McCarthy, he's having these play-calling duties when it comes to Dak Prescott, and you can only protect him so much. Mm-hmm. Because if you're worried about protecting Dak Prescott, then yep. I don't think you have aspirations to making the Super Bowl and, and trying to win it all. If you're protecting a quarterback that's been in the league for more than a minute, then that means you don't have trust in that quarterback, based 100%. on what you just said. I'm going to go along that line with you, Harry, because if Mike McCarthy has to protect Dak Prescott from Dak Prescott, then that's a major, major bleeping problem if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott should not have to be protected. But if you're protecting him, then why are you paying him $40 million per year for? Why did you sign my, to that extension? Yeah, you don't sign guys to that extension to, to protect them. Cincinnati did not sign Joe Burrow to protect him. The Chargers did not sign Justin Herbert to protect him. Patrick Mahomes did not get that money from Kansas City to be protected. They said Jaylen he got that money. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Look how Jalen Hurts plays. Jalen Hurts got his bag, and Jalen Hurts yep. played like the same old Jalen Hurts I saw last year, making plays A.J. Brown. If they're at a point of protecting Dak Prescott right now, that tells me all I need to know about what the Cowboys don't believe in when it comes to their quarterback that they need, or maybe they don't need him when it comes to getting where they want to go. Ray in Arizona, thanks for hitting us up here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio at 888-729-3776. Big Ray, what you got, my friend? What up, what up, man? Enjoy you guys' show. Appreciate you. Thanks for the kind words. No problem. Hey, listen, why do we keep on – hey, I'm going to charge you with this. Okay. <laughs> yes, media. Why do we keep on not attacking the problem? The problem starts at the top, man. Everyone knows is Jerry Jones is used to hire GM, want to be the coach, and – do not want to hire a coach. That's where it starts. You do have to protect Dak Prescott because he's an average dude. He is not that dude. He's an average dude, man. And so my question to you really is, if we know all of this, if you agree with me, mm-hmm. is Jerry Jones really in, a, in the entertainment business? He's not really interested in winning because he won't hire a coach. He's just interested in making money and 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 having everybody buy into this this dream that the Dallas Cowboys is going to one day do something and right. go to the games. But right? you know, uh, is that really what's going on right here? Yeah. Ray, Ray, let me tell you this, Freddie. Mm-hmm. Who said that to you beforehand? Did I not say that to you beforehand? Oh, yeah. I, because been, yeah. Jerry Jones mm-hmm. is so worried about being oh, yeah. in, being at the forefront of everything, mm-hmm. making sure the bottom line for the Dallas Cowboys organization when it comes to money-wise mm-hmm. isn't compromised yeah. to the fact to the to the point that I don't think winning really is at the top of the total pole for Jerry. You know, here's where I'll push back a little bit because for the longest time I said this, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not going to say Ray in Arizona's wrong because Ray, believe me, Harry, I tell you, I've been blasting Jerry Jones for years yep. about being a problem. Here's the problem with not what you said or what Ray in Arizona said. We've known this has been the case ever since Jerry Jones pushed Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells out of the way. Jerry Jones wants the Cowboys to win and he wants to get all the glory. He couldn't stand it when Jimmy Johnson, because Jimmy Johnson deserved it. 
He's the one that hired the coaches. And Jimmy Johnson, one of the all-time great talent evaluators in the history of the National Football League. Look at the dudes either he drafted or brought in as free agents that allowed the Cowboys to have that run starting in the 90s when he went three and four years. And then he almost had the same guy, Harry, in the 2000s, Bill Parcells. He decided that Terrell Owens was more important to his football team than Bill Parcells. So when Bill Parcells said, deuces, I'm out of here. You're going to choose that guy, no matter how talented he is, but it's been a franchise record, been a locker room record, been a locker room cancer compared to me, and I got two Super Bowl championships on my mantle. That's the guy you're choosing? You can have that guy. That's been the problem with Jerry Jones. He wants to win, and everybody, well, he wants everybody to look at him and say, Jerry, you did it. Well, oh, my God, Jerry. It's you self-explanatory. Did it. So that's why the Cowboys are going to be where they are, because it's been like this since he moved out from Jimmy Johnson and moved away from Bill Parcells when it comes to Jerry Jones. Well, it's self-explanatory because there's no reason why Jimmy Johnson shouldn't be where? In the Cowboys' ring of honor. Don't get me started on that. Don't stop. Right? You're going to be there's, there's no There's no reason why Harry, Jimmy Johnson Harry, should not be in the Cowboys' I, I, ring of honor. I'm going to bring the Lord here. I'm not having this kind of religious <laughs> slander. You're not, you're, you're not doing this to me. <laughs> you are not doing this to me because you're exactly, exactly right when it comes to that. But as long as Jerry Jones is still going to be Jerry Jones, uh, you know, uh, Harry and Freddie, uh, we're doing our best to try to uh, win some championships here. And, you know, but as long as we win that championship and I get that gold and I get a chance to be recognized when I wasn't recognized the first time, uh, uh, I'm willing to do that. When you have that kind of mentality and you want to be the star of the star and you're the owner, you get what you get. Yep. A, a 42 to 10 Dragonfly Jones Martin beatdown that they suffered last night. Silence. That's what we need from Jerry Jones. Silence. Silence. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. We're going to Hell on Scholarship on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save when you bundle RV and boat insurance. All you got to do is visit Progressive.com. As much of a problem situation as with Dallas at the last night, it's a lot worse in New England. Because after they lost 34 to nothing to the Saints yesterday, Patriots do Bill Belichick said. I think there's a lot of things we need to do better. Could that better include no more Bill Belichick in New England? We'll get to that next on Freddie and Harry. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Takes the snap out of the shotgun. Saints bring four. And Carl Grimson, the ball's picked off. That's Tyree Matthew, 15, 10. He will walk into the end zone. Play the best players we can. Coach the best we can. We need to do better than that. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. On this Reggae Monday, and Freddie and Harry. You have Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on Sirius X and Channel 80. And I always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're going to table the conversation regarding Bill Belichick and maybe could this be the last potential year for him as coach of the Patriots. We'll do that in about 10 minutes. But a man who played against that team yesterday, part of a 34-0 beatdown the Saints put on New England Patriots, is outstanding linebacker Demario Davis of the Saints. Hit him on social media at Demario underscore Davis. Demario, before we talk about the game and how good the Saints can be in the NFC, the last time we heard about your daughter, she was cancer-free. How is Carly Faith doing, my friend? Hey, man, she's doing amazing, man. Thanks for asking. Uh, she's doing tremendous, man, just running around, having a good time. Uh, definitely a blessing, man. Thank you for asking. 
No, nah, man, that's, uh, we we love uh, kids, period, across the board, man. Mm-hmm. So whenever we can hear that these these young ones are doing well, we, we all know what it means to be a father. So pr- proud of you for being a great father. No doubt. Now, let's get to the game yesterday. H- how were you guys able to hand Bill Belichick and the Patriots their lar- largest home shutout loss in franchise history? Oh, man. Uh, man, definitely a ton of respect for uh, Coach Belichick, that team, man, a well-coached team. They got a lot of good players, massive offensive lines, some, some good backs and tight ends that just been just causing a lot of damage just throughout the league. Um, man, we we really just stayed, stayed true to our identity. Uh, we knew we needed to be good at stopping the run. Uh, and if we can get some uh, pressure on the quarterback, we can force some takeaways. And uh, and we just had to be great in situational football, third down in the red zone, and uh, we were just able to do that. Plus, our offense uh, did did a great job of capitalizing, um, you know, on our efforts on defense, which allowed us to sustain. I think our efforts, and it just allowed us to put together a complete game. New Orleans Saints linebacker Demario Davis and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. How weird was it for you not to see your team play that well? Because I'm sure you're saying, yeah, this is what we've been building towards. But you're able to do it like that where it seemed that even when you weren't perfect, Demario, you were perfect that way yesterday to that level versus New England. I think it was just a good team win. Um, we, we we knew uh, what we were capable of doing defensively, and we had done it in, in, in stints in the game, but Certain games we weren't able to sustain it just as a team. We weren't firing on all cylinders. And we knew uh, if we could come out fast and dominant, if uh, the rest of the team, such teams could, you know, control field position, if offense could capitalize on certain plays, it would allow us to sustain that dominance. And that's what we were able to do. And uh, it's, it's certainly a formula for our success going forward. So your defensive scheme, your head coach, Dennis Allen, he used to be you guys' his defensive coordinator. What about that scheme that allowed you guys to be so dominant year in and year out? I think he just uh, – he's, he's so smart. Um, and he has a great understanding of, of what offenses are trying to do. Um, and he able, he's able to make the tweaks week in and week out uh, to certain things that we do in coverage, certain things that we do on the front, that just causes a lot of problems. I think it's hard to to identify uh, what we're going to be doing week to week, um, and it creates a lot of a lot of uh, uh, problems for the offensive line in the run game, um, and it, it causes a lot of uh, issues for quarterbacks and receivers. Um, just trying to understand what it is that we're we're doing week in week out, plus. You know, we have uh, a lot of good players at important positions on our defense. I think when you're able to match those two together, scheme with personnel, uh, and it fits, um, it just allows us to, to, to do what, we, what we're able to do. And, and, and I think the guys just have a lot of confidence in it because we know when we do what the coach asks us to do, um, it works. And so when you've had a culture of guys who've been here um, five, six years, and and seen it work. You don't have any guys who are questioning, um, you know, the play calls, which it happens in other systems. Demario Davis, linebacker in New Orleans Saints, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Whose idea was it to come with the club dub dance because you were getting your groove on in a locker room yesterday after you put it on the New England Patriots thirty four to nothing, Demario? <laughs> I think that's part of the culture here. We've been doing that as long as I've been here. Um, man, the wins are hard to come by in this league, and, and, and so we certainly try to take time to enjoy it. 
um, in that first 24 to 48 hours, man, we really try to take time to enjoy those wins because we know just how much work goes into getting them um, and, and how hard they are to come by even when you put in a, a ton of work. Um, and so we certainly want to keep those things racking up, and uh, we're going to enjoy the process as well. Hey, Damari, man, keep up the great work because I believe your team will have that chance to be an elite team in the NFC. You keep ramping up after yesterday. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry, and stay blessed, my friend. Hey, I appreciate y'all, man. God bless. God bless you, too. Demario Davis, Saints linebacker, him on social media, Demario underscore Davis. Google the club dub dance. Harry, they look like you with that boy bad on Thursdays on Get Up. They were getting <laughs> you know, it on pretty I love, good. I love some dancing now, especially when you're celebrating wins and celebrating good times. You you got to have fun, right? You got to embrace the culture and love what you do because I think that's part of what makes, you know, your teammates family. Yeah. It, I mean, you go through some hard times, but you go through some great moments and you got to be able to have fun through it all so you guys can be able to connect on another level like the good teams they're able to connect in that way in that manner where not just him but everyone is dancing at some point in that absolutely yeah everybody was i think even dennis allen wanted to shake a little leg a little bit but he let (laughs) let the team do it and he said you know i may need to stay out of my lane when it comes to stuff like that let that handle that and they get that win 34 nothing over the patriots harry douglas freddie coleman together on freddie and harry go back to our pages conversation because billy b said i think there's a lot of things we need to do better could that better include bill belichick maybe not being the coach in 2024 if this continues in 2023 this is espn radio thanks for listening to the freddie and harry podcast on espn radio you can also listen to freddie and harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 eastern on espn radio the espn app and on sirius xm channel 80 you can also watch and listen on the espn app the freddie and harry podcast